Hello and welcome to the inaugural Spool.ie podcast, this special end of year festive edition. Uh, we've relaunched the website this past week and as part of those celebrations, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some of the films that had a positive and maybe even fit in a bit of a negative impact at the very end. Um, so we're going to kick things off. I'm Nigel. Hi, I'm Pork. And together we are the Spool.ie team. Yeah. So, uh, Pork, what are we going to start with today? So initially we did a top five joint uh, Spool films of the year. So we both agreed on these. And at number five, we have what Richard did. And first of all, we're just going to hear a bit of audio from that. Connor, easy. You're right, Connor. Yeah, so. The guards were here. What do they say? Were you there? Are you telling me nobody remembers anything? You should have checked him. Put him in an ambulance. It just got out of hand. You can thank you, sir. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I um, was in Toronto at the time when What Richard Did had its world premiere there and it yeah. kind of came with a little bit of uh, a little bit of buzz. Everyone was excited about Lenny Abramson's return to the director's chair. Yeah, anytime he makes a new film, everybody goes a bit crazy. I kind of think this is like his, the final part of his trilogy about Ireland. He had his one, Adam and Paul, um, which followed two junkies who were kind of going around Dublin. Then he had Garage, which was set in the countryside, starring Pat Short. And then this one now looks at kind of the middle class society in Dublin among teenagers. It's loosely based on the murder of or the death of a child outside Annabelle's nightclub who's kicked to death. So it's starring Jack Rayner as the character in question. And it's just an examination of what happened outside the nightclub and then how it affects his life. It's fantastic. Like when you see it, it's also going to you'll notice that it's top of our Irish film of the year. And no one really compares to him when it comes to Irish films. Yeah, I th- I agree with you on that because um, the bu- as you say the buzz that was kind of coming up before it actually came out, and then when everyone got to see it, they were like, "Yeah, this is actually had certainly like the defining film of the year mm. for us." And in terms of, I mean, we looked at uh, we we went through all the Irish films. You can see it on Spool.ie yeah. um, from best to worst, and it came top in that pile. And then in terms of speaking about what. What what represents Ireland? I don't think we'll probably come up with a better film. No, um, and it leaves you with a great sense of what would you do, because there's that question of was it an accident? Was it intentional? And how do you deal with that in your own situation? Yeah, but I mean, bottom line, I think you kind of think that they're dickheads, really. <laughs> yeah, could, pretty much. Yeah, because you're like you can't really go through something like that, and you know if they come clean at the time and said this was an accident, I think yeah. people would have a certain amount of uh, sympathy. But yeah, it was a bit ridiculous. Um, a yeah. little bit of a shout out then. Um, to uh, his dad in that uh, who I've written this down the Danish actor Lars Mikkelsen yes yeah not yeah. really sure where he came from I'd never did you know him before no, that no he's the brother of um, the other Mikkelsen who's in the hunt yeah spool listeners we learn something new every day yeah. excellent stuff um, so I guess we'll move on then to film number four in our combined list Port, do you want to tell us what that is yeah it's uh, Moonrise Kingdom which is Wes Anderson's latest one it has all his usual stars Bill Murray Jason Schwartzman and a new addition to the cast Bruce Willis um, who's fantastic mm. in it so it's basically about two kids who disappear off um, away from their families try and get into the wild uh, one of them's a Cub Scout 
and uh, they put their knowledge of uh, the wild and everything into good use and yeah it's just kind of all the classic hallmark Wes Anderson uh, motifs excellent direction everything that you can see in a shot you know is there for a reason in seeing attention to detail and it's great to see Bruce Willis kind of playing this kind of humdrum depressed yeah. almost role or something yeah it's nice because he showed up in The Expendables too, and it's sort of like well he could have gone that route doing that on autopilot so it's nice that he can still challenge himself a little yeah. bit now and again um, yeah I think uh, more than a Sam and Susie wasn't that the two kids yeah, in it uh-huh. so I think they deserve a little bit of a prize for yeah, it was fantastic because child actually, couple of the year yeah because you believe that they're in love with each other even though they're like 12 or 13 because initially you're like this is ridiculous they don't know anything what yeah. they're talking about yeah. but you really do believe it um, so we'll have a bit of audio from Moonrise Kingdom can you read a map uh huh I do cartography I feel we should go halfway today and halfway tomorrow since you're a less experienced tiger and you're wearing Sunday school shoes they're not really Sunday school here. shoes. Oh, thank you. Here's where we are right now. I'd like to pitch camp here by 1600, which means 4 o'clock. How's that sound? Fine. You want some beef jerky? Okay. Let's go. Yeah, so there we had Moonrise Kingdom. And I suppose if you like Wes Anderson, you'll love it. But if you didn't like any of his other films, I don't know if you'll see anything in this you'll like. Really, it's just kind of classic Wes Anderson fare. Super, 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 super quirky, but yeah. also a brilliant film. Yeah. Um, and I think a little bit of a shout out to Tilda Swinton as well. We didn't see her on screen much, but she's a bit of a spool favourite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was nice to see her having a bit of fun. Yeah, it was good. She was kind of, I don't know, she didn't, she was playing kind of to type, I suppose. She was like a uber bitch, stern faced. You know, there was nothing that... But it was a good role. It was good to see her in that kind of a different situation. I think for me, the standout role that was Bruce Willis. He was almost playing this weird, dejected father figure to Sam, uh, the kid in it. And there's a brilliant scene between the two of them in the caravan when it looks like the game is up and stuff. So that was fantastic. It's good to see him doing something different as opposed to... So we've got to see him in Die Hard 62 next year, so... Uh, I think it's 63. <laughs> I saw 62 last year. Yeah. Um so I guess we'll move on then number three in our joint ones is um, I guess I'll intro it it's uh, Headhunters which was a Norwegian film mm-hmm. which I think you saw before I did about a month and a half it came out yeah. in, um, in Ireland for anyone who wasn't aware with the um, the processes of, processes of Spool it was we set it up about a year ago I was in Toronto fellow film fan and friend <laughs> Pork was in Dublin so we thought we could do something kind of interesting that way we're both now in Dublin though so um, release schedules aren't exactly as, as big a problem for us we just get pissed yeah. off now and again but um, yeah, yeah one of the examples of that was you got to see this amazing Norwegian film that um, I hadn't heard anything about yeah. and um, you got to see it about a month or so beforehand so do you want to tell us a little bit about it or will we play we'll play a clip from yeah it. we'll play a clip from enjoy, enjoy the Norwegian yeah there. for all our Norwegian listeners over over to the garage sold it all Excellent. Hope everybody enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically telling the story of um, Axel Henny. I hope I'm getting that right. So he basically is the chief headhunter with a Norwegian company, and it's his role to find people for perfect jobs. But as a sideline, he is uh, an art thief, and he's a very good one. And there's a nice thing at the start of the film where he tells you his different rules for stealing art and the best way to go about it. So then when he's interviewing one of his clients um, 
Klaus, who's played by Nikolai Koster Waldo. Um, he realizes that he's a really famous painting in his house, and then he makes it his mission to steal it. But there's a twist that it almost looks like Klaus has set him up, that he knows he's an art thief, and then it turns into this really elaborate uh, cat and mouse chase between the two of them, and it results in some of the most kind of ridiculous scenes you're ever going to see in a film. One in particular involves uh, an outside toilet and a toilet roll. Toilet roll, yeah. yeah. You can if you Google, I think some of the most of the press shots featured a shot from it. Yeah. Um, and it's lots of poo if you're into Norwegian poo <laughs> films and I think Headhunters is the film for you yeah but it's definitely it's one of the more accessible kind of foreign films I think of the year like sometimes there's a danger with foreign films that they're like long artistic shots not really meaning anything all metaphors and but this is just a straight kind of good heist movie with um, some really fantastic shots and great performances by the two mains mm, absolutely and if I'm not mistaken it may be one of the few foreign language films in Empire Magazine's top 10. So if it's cracked the Empire crowd, then... It must be good. It must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll move on then to number two, which is a film that just came out recently. Yeah, it only came out in the last month or last week or two. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook, um, which is, um, I suppose, a romantic comedy. I think it's a, ra- yeah, a romantic comedy drama type yeah. affair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have a bit of audio for this. Why did you order raisin bread? Why did you order tea? Because you ordered raisin bread. I ordered raisin bread because I didn't want there to be any mistaking it for a date. It can still be a date if you order raisin bread. It's not a date. So how's your thing going? Dancing thing? That's good. How's your restraining order? I wouldn't actually call the restraining order my thing, but getting back with Nikki is and I... I think I'm doing pretty well. Except for a minor incident with the doctor's office. And the so-called incident with the weights. Yeah. That was the thing with my parents. How'd you lose your job? I... Having sex with everybody in the office. Everybody? I was very depressed after Tommy died. It was a lot of people. We don't have to talk about it. Thanks. How many were there? Eleven. Wow. Yeah, so that was Silver Linings Playbook there. Uh, director David O. Russell, who we know from Three Kings, mm-hmm. I Heart Huckabees, and The Fighter. Terrible film. I Heart Huckabees? Yeah, I hear Yeah, it. I'm glad that we agree on that. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure if we, we get it. It did have a love heart. It was one of the first films mm. um, to gain popular thing with without an actual letter or a digit in the title. Yeah. That that love heart was actually But in we won't title, hold that officially. against them. We won't hold it against it, exactly. Yeah. And I was a huge fan of The Fighter. I thought it was uh, one of my favourite films of the year. Could have been very cheesy and everything, but it actually turned out to be brilliant. Um, so yeah, with Silver Linings Playbook, we saw... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who you know we'll know from The Hunger Games and uh, X Men First Class, and yeah. then in the more independent world, uh, we'd see her in uh, The Burning Plains and uh, Winter's Bone, and yeah. she's incredible. I think she's twenty three, and she mm. already has. With she's the, incredibly strong female character in all her roles. Like. Yeah, she yeah she's amazing. So, mm. and if you read profiles from her, she seems like one of the most fun people that could actually hang out with. And um, so she's great. So she's playing the character of Tiffany, um, a recently widowed woman who, um, you know, has a bit of a reputation around town as being someone who struggled to deal with that. And um, she encounters Bradley Cooper's uh, Pat, which uh, who was a guy who. 
He's kind of hung up on his ex-wife and has spent some time in a mental institution that's been released and he's kind of trying to find himself and he's staying with his parents mm. who uh, Robert De Niro and Jackie Weaver play them. Jackie Weaver we know from Animal Kingdom, the Australian mm. It's the first time Robert De Niro has done a good film in about five years maybe? or uh, I think they're all good. Well, mm. no one's really seen them. It's probably the first time anyone's seen him in a good film in yeah. a really long time. Like instead of some stupid sequel comedy. Yeah, meet the um, fuckers and so. But Bradley Cooper's trying to cast off his pretty boy image. Do you think he manages it in this? Um, I think so. I think it's an amazing. Like, it, I always think. What I'm curious, what would have happened with Bradley Cooper if he didn't go and do films like, you know, say The Hangover and yeah. stuff, and becoming People Magazine's sexiest person of the year. Yeah, I think 2011. Um, <laughs> I follow that. It's very important. Yeah, who was this year's? This year is Channing Tatum. Really? Exactly, okay. yeah. He's just all... He's all beef. Fair enough. But, um... He's no neck. He has no neck. <laughs> I guess that's what people are going for. <laughs> okay. But, um... Yeah, no, I think it's... A, like, Bradley Cooper's... <laughs> he's one of the names being um, thrown around as a possible best actor. Yeah, uh, there'll be a lot of Oscar Oscars. nods for this, probably. I imagine so. It was, it was one of the favourites. I think this year's Best Picture race is very interesting because we've mm. about... Um, five if not six or seven films that mm. at, at any point in the last two or three months I've said oh yeah that's going to win the Oscar now that's going to yeah. win so and like Robert De will probably get an odd for best supporting I think so the nostalgia vote there the yeah. the Academy likes to reward people and I because the scenes some of the scenes in the film with Bradley Cooper and the parents are fantastic because it kind of shows you what it's like the actual reality of trying to cope with someone who's going through this mental illness yeah yeah and I mean the direction in it's so frenetic and mm. really you know I'm, I imagine being on set was absolutely mental but mm. it's great for for someone like Robert De Niro to be thrown into a, a role like that where he's not able to just go on autopilot and mm. he's forced to kind of challenge himself mm. and um, the final thing um, we will say about Silver Linings Playbook um, is that it features a, a performance from Chris Tucker Mr. Rush Hour, who we haven't seen yeah. in a non-Rush Hour film since 1997. Yeah. And he's quite... Uh, That's 15 years, Pork, 15 years. Yeah, he's pretty likeable in this as well. He's not been really annoyed. And yeah, it's great. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll see him in a few more things. Also wins an award for best dance number yeah. of the year. It's up there, I think, with Holy Motors and Pitch Perfect for me. They'd be yeah, my, yeah. my three dance numbers. And now, without further ado, we're able to announce what came top of our Spool Summit meeting when we sat down and we tried to work out what we feel was our favourite film. So this isn't a, you know, Pork and I are not in a relationship, but we share a lot of, uh, you know, similar viewpoints on things. We disagree on a lot, but now and again, we'll both agree on something being close to perfection. Yeah. And I think this particular film was good evidence of it. So it was... Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, do you want to... I thought it'll fi finish on most people's top uh, end of film years, but we just thought it was a really special film. We both saw it separately. Didn't know a whole pile about it going in. Well, I didn't anyway. Um, I knew some friends who'd kind of seen it because it's Stephen Jabotsky. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he'd written the book for it back in the early 2000s, I think. Yes, it's confirmed, our researcher here. <laughs> 1999, published by MTV Books. Yeah, who even very, knew yeah. they had a publishing house? So you kind of think who better to direct uh, the book than the person who wrote it. Um, so it's fantastic. It stars uh, Logan Lerman. He's kind of this awkward kid starting new part of school. Um, it really is, I suppose, kind of like a coming-of-age uh, tale. And he doesn't really have any friends. You learn pretty quickly that his friend has killed himself the year before so it is quite serious to start with um and then he manages to make two new friends emma watson and ezra miller 
so Emma Watson's trying to cast off her Harry Potter uh, Hermione Granger yeah role mm. and um, she does fantastically in this um, really strong performance very likeable and Ezra Miller everybody will know from we need to talk about Kevin yeah remarkable last performance year. last yeah. year yeah he kind of came from nowhere and kind of mm. and this I don't think could be an a, a more different character if he wanted no totally different to and again there is the danger that he almost steals every scene that he's in but Logan kind of holds his own and it's then really an examination of their friendship and just kind of I think the book was based on the different books that Logan read and talking about those books so there's elements in that you can see some of the certain books he reads he gets on with his English teacher really well who is played by Paul Rudd Mm-hmm. and um, he's kind of has a bit of a minor Dead Poets Society Robin Williams role in kind of moulding Logan to read these different books and do extra essays for him and stuff and through his friendship with Emma Watson and Ezra Miller they discover different music um, the Smiths uh, figures heavily on the soundtrack in particular Sleep which is one of the big songs in the film and yeah the music and everything it just works perfectly and it looks great and the chemistry between the three main characters is fantastic. Like you totally believe that they would be friends and would get on together. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing as well that the film, like it is unfortunate, it got very little play. It's not even, I imagine, a bit of a wild prediction. I think it might get a screenplay nomination, but I can't see it getting any other Oscar nominations, which is mm. very unfortunate. Um, but I think where it didn't really get a lot of credit was for capturing this time and 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 a place what year was it set in a yeah it was, i think it was set in the time when the book was written so, so 98 early, 99 yeah, yeah so the, and there is a, there's a there's a bit of a plot hole with it but you kind of go along with it where they discover a david bowie song that they don't know but they're massive music fans and they don't know that this is a david bowie song yeah but then you have to kind of rewind sort of 14 15 years ago before you had you know stuff mm. like shazam where you just hold your phone yeah. up to a speaker and it tells you what it is and, and it does everyone seem to be set in kind of some middle of nowhere america yeah it's not like it's yeah. in new york or anything yeah but so. even just the way it looks it feels it's it looks re- like the you know the i'm not sure who the cinematographer was but like yeah. the 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 grading on the whole coloring it looks yeah. really nicely aged but um yeah. i think and it, like there's a there's good not to give anything away obviously there is a twist towards the end of the film that I didn't see coming at all and then it goes into this other whole other realm and but it's handled fantastically and yeah, it gives could it so easily, much more weight or something yeah, it you could know? easily have collapsed and been a very different kind yeah. of film but I think that elevated mm. it absolutely. but it's, it's, it's I think it's going to be a classic teen movie in years to come it'll be up there with The Breakfast Club Pretty in Pink all of those ones and you can just imagine kind of somebody coming along and finding it and just falling in love with it it, it was brilliant I thought yeah exactly um, very good so there it is The Perks of Being a Wallflower our favourite film so in part t- w- w- did we take a clip from it should we listen to a musical no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take a yeah. yeah here we go you gotta be kidding me if you fail me you get me next semester Okay, so that was an, 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 a very extended part one, and so we're now back for part two, where we'll just take a quick look. We'll, um, instead of seeming like a collective hive mind, uh, we will show that we are individuals, and uh, 
we come up with our own lists, of course. Because who doesn't like this time of year and for making lists? Well, I think everyone now hates reading lists, but everyone loves making them, so I, yeah. we'll just play along. Mm. Um, so what we've both done, we both here have a top 10. So we have Nigel's top 10 and we have Porrick's top 10. Yeah. So maybe I'll read through mine first. One of these going to start? Are you going best going to worst or is I am, these in any real order? I am going be, uh, worst to best. So this is number 10. And at number 10 was Battleship. In at n- <laughs> okay. In at number nine was The Hunt. Yeah. Number eight, an Israeli film called Footnote. Seven, Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Six, Your Sister's Sister. Okay. Yeah. Number five, Magic Mike. Four, What Richard Did. Three, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Number two, Michael Haneke's Amour. And number one, Ben Affleck's Argo. Okay. Yeah. Pretty. Uh how do you what do you think about that list yeah pretty solid where did you have your sister's sister number five or so my sister's sister was number six yeah. in there I thought that was a really good film the only thing for me was we can't give this away a spoiler alert but the last scene I just it was a pretty perfect film up to that and I was just like this is really pointless and it's not needed and it's doing that kind of classic thing of oh we want you to think more about this film when you don't really need to yeah it did I kind of agree with you on that a little bit that well I actually had no problem with the ending because it was kind of like a one of those endings where you're like yeah ah! yeah, and you go like that um, sorry Battleship go yeah on. I hope producer Colin didn't mind uh, my, my unusual sound there everything okay <laughs> producer Colin it's fine. excellent uh, we have to give credit to, uh, we'll just give yeah. a little bit of credit to producer Colin here who put together the uh, opening music the opening music you can follow him on Twitter at, at Sunburnt Jets he's a good friend of Spool and uh, thank yeah. you very much for the input Colin anyway we'll jump back to your sister sister yeah I, it, I actually thought it was brilliant I saw it it, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it went kind of, it played festivals in the middle of 2011, mm. didn't do a whole lot then, and then got a release um, earlier this year in UK and Ireland, and mm. then I eventually saw it in Canada in June, mm-hmm. and um, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, there's great role, like, there's great kind of chemistry or back and forth between the three mains because I'd say a lot of it's improvised dialogue or you kind of get that impression that it is yeah a lot of it is improvised and there's a scene um, midway through where um, Mark Duplass's character Jack is uh, sitting down he's gone to stay in this um, cabin for a little bit of a clear his mind a little bit but little does he know that having been recommended to go there by his uh, his friend um, Iris played by Emily Blunt um, her sister um, Rosemary DeWitts uh, is playing a character called Hannah she's already there so Jack and Hannah end up spending mm. this evening together kind of talking and they're both at interesting places in their life and there's about there's a, I think it's about a 10 minute scene of just them talking which is one of the most captivating yeah, uh-huh. um, scenes in the whole year so yeah, yeah highly recommended um, I have to give a shout out to number 10 on my list Battleship yeah, Battleship explain this um, so I haven't Battleship. seen it okay so I can't be too critical but exactly so it, it would get uh, Nigel's Guilty Pleasure Escape Escapism Award um, for okay. cinema 2012. It is absolutely stupid. It's starring Liam Neeson, uh, Brooklyn Decker, the Sports Illustrated model. He's only in for about two seconds. Liam Neeson, uh, he's in it a little bit. He, you know, he's okay. he, he, his presence is there. Kind of, you feel and him. Did Michael Bay directed, or do I just think he directed it? No, Peter Berg. Di- per- Peter Berg directed it. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, Taylor Kitsch um, is in it. He was in John Carter, another yeah. flop film, which I actually took a lot from. I thought it was great too, and um, a, a great um, role for Rihanna. Um, the, yeah. She gets about maybe nine lines in it, and usually they're like, "Eat that!" And, okay. and um, yeah, and does anybody say you sunk my battleship at any point? No. Um, I I think they did. Yeah, okay. it's wonderful. I mean, it's based on the on the Hasbro board game and. 
it's really dumb and really really stupid but in terms of setting out Escapism to do what it, what it was meant to do I yeah. think it really does succeed so you know ahead I'm th- st- sticking it in there ahead of other yeah. you know blockbusters with you know I think illusions far or like aspirations yeah. far above what they actually gave us like we you know I think we were both disappointed to a certain extent with uh, movies like Prometheus